welcome to a very special month on the Film Alchemist podcast. Uh, we were so excited to introduce this amazing event to you. Uh, joined today by my friend Alex. Lay out the deets. Obviously. Uh, well, we had, during October last year, I believe, we had a proposal from our old friend Jay Rollins. And he said, you guys know I love those Planet of the Apes movies. And we're like, I mean, who doesn't? He's like, what if we did all the Planet of the Apes movies and called it Damn Dirty April? And we were like, holy shit, that's a great idea. Why would we not? So, welcome, my friends, to Damn Dirty April. Damn Dirty April. In whatever accent, for whatever ape you prefer. uh, Yes. Or human. I think Jay's, Jay's probably got the quality Charlton Heston impression that I do not have. But. Jay's working on Charlton Heston, but as you'll see this month, guys, you can follow us through the entire journey of the Planet of the Apes franchise uh, from Heston all the way to Woody Harrelson. You can follow us through the whole journey. If you want to get every single movie this month, you need to go to patreon.com slash Pod. Uh, over there, you're going to find the Maki Mock commentary. Maki Mock commentary. Marky Mark once visited a Planet of the Apes. I he know did. you might have tried to forget that, but it happened. He did. And we're going to talk hi- about it. He said, how do you mother for you? Yeah. Also, my second favorite of the franchise, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. And another all-time favorite, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. These are going to be on Patreon.com slash Pod. You can see us on YouTube. You can find us on the social media. You can email the show at Pod. At gmail.com. Uh, that's all. That's just, all, guys. Just, just a heads up, guys. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was one of the most entertaining we did of this series. So if you don't have Patreon, you might need to grab it. Just saying. It is a, a courtesy to Jay that I hid that behind a paywall. Yeah. As I mentally beat his ass all over the arena. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that, but, you know, nevertheless. I'm sure he'd disagree, but he's not here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to taint the jury from this time. All right, guys, enjoy uh, a damn dirty April. We will see you next week. Bye! I can't help thinking somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. No! We have seen the birth of the planet of the apes! You may not like what you find. You blew it up! God damn you! God damn you! Oh, the hell! It's a manhouse! A manhouse! Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty... April! I'm just kidding, it's me. Fucking <laughs> apes, dude. I haven't, I haven't watched these in a while. I'm pretty excited. This is why I wanted to do this, because it's like, I really love the Planet of the Apes movies, all of them. That's why I've got my little Isaiah doll. Um, and it's the last bastion of something that like has a million movies and properties attached to it that nobody gives a fuck about. Yeah. That they just get to be like mine, and I get to I get to know the lore of this stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Maki Mock, yeah. They're not, there's an aspect to the Planet of the Apes movies that, like, they never really got desperately shitty. Like, I part, think this is, like. Part five is pretty fucking shitty. 
but there's like there is this like aspect to it that's like watchable like i think this is a really important yeah. thing about the planet of the apes series overall is that they never got so bad like it didn't turn into like the prequels it was yeah. like a thing where it was just like oh the planet of the apes movies that could always happen and then like you know tim burton did his thing and like people didn't like it Fuck but it wasn't that bad it definitely devolved like like it's not man. great, but it's not the worst move. It's again, anymore. it's not like. But they made one a year every year, so you can't yeah. really. You can't hate like, them, and there was a TV like, show. I've watched the animated cartoon, which is mm-hmm. awesome. I just reread the novel to get ready for this. Damn. Okay. Yeah. The Guess original, like, yeah, novelization. the novel's a bit Where's different. Oh. It's mostly in the ending. It's different. The rest of it is kind of close. Mm. Oh, could we talk about the ending for a second? He definitely wants to fuck. Wait, or do you want me to just do an intro before Alex, or should I just kick it off normal? Let's just let's just uh, let's we'll do an intro before. Let's just let we, we got to start this because I'm feeling like we're already juicing here. <laughs> we just slid so personally into the conversation as if it were an ape woman. <laughs> Dude, okay, when when they're about again when they're about to go to the Forbidden Zone, Nova's like, "Cool, thanks for getting me up. That's my home. I'm gonna go." And he's like, yeah. "Nova, no, oh, don't do it." Don't do it because <laughs> you are the mute, sexy lady that I've always. I just saw uh, ten thousand BC, and like this is really doing it for me. So you're coming with me. <laughs> That's happening. Yeah. I'm not there jerking. Some... Yeah. I'm not jerking off when I starve to death, Nova. I'm not jerking myself off with a gun to my head. What are you thinking? Like there is some <laughs> fucked up, repugnant shit in this. Like also, he's like Nova. I'll name you Nova because I'm whoever I want to be. Well, I'm like, that sucks that she got named Nova and he's Bright Eyes. I'm like, that's a fucking shitty ass name. (laughs) Stop calling me fucking Bright Eyes. Um, So, yeah, this is the the Planet of the Apes franchise covering. Jay, you came up with this idea, bold idea, to talk about every Planet of the Apes movie. So I think it would be cool if we started with, why Planet of the Apes, man? Why do we need to talk about all these movies this month? Because Planet of the Apes is very special. This first movie is like the first Star Wars. It blew people's minds. It was insane. The production value of it, uh, the the ape makeup, honestly, still holds up as All being time. itself. Uh, Perfect. The ape makeup is crazy. The soundtrack is crazy. Cinematography is crazy. Like just like those little. Um, let's play with European style Dutch angles and yeah. like shaky cam and stuff. Um, and it was, it's 1968 and they're talking They're He's it's 1968 and a man is being sprayed with a hose. That means something to people yeah. watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's not, I, I, I will say that they really like act like the kids are little dummies because it's just like some grown up is going to go out there and, and try to make money off of this as if every hippie calls adults grown-ups <laughs> <laughs> yeah there there is a part of that because i was telling you to get ready for this i reread the novel and it's just this great like classic science fiction horror thing right take something that we see every day and give it this big genre covering so you can talk about it it does feel specifically like charlton heston was way too stoked to just scream damn dirty apes yeah right like rewatching it yeah, as i get yeah, older yeah. i'm like Damn, he was loving this role. Like that's kind of rough yeah. to watch. Right? There's something but, real under. There's something real tucked under the rug about that discomfort yeah, that we're all feeling. Constantly like watching tru- doing this, right? Like he's like, it's a madhouse, 
And it's just a madhouse because he's getting treated how other people get treated and yeah. he doesn't like it. Because he's, he's a wealthy, he's, rich, smart he, astronaut, right? He's probably pretty cool on Earth. Oh, he's a dick on Earth. I love that first part where he's just <laughs> oh, like, yeah. are you an idiot for everything everybody says? Everybody's also, an idiot like, compared to him. I'm going to say... Taylor's a moron. Uh, they shouldn't have taken out the scientists so early because, like, like as soon as they're walking through the Forbidden Zone the, when they crash, and it's just like, we found plant life. I think one of them should have been like, dude, that's a straight-up dandelion. That's a dandelion. Why is there a dandelion on another planet? And it's just like, yeah, yeah no, but we're on a different planet. And then they keep walking, and it's like, oh, there's, there's beings here. Let's keep going. Is that a tree? Like a tree from... There's humans. This is Earth, you guys. Yeah. It takes true. him entirely no too long. No one ever calls him out on this. But this is the other thing. They crash land into water. Yeah. Right? They crash land into Earth that has our soil. And when he does the soil test, it's like, weird, carbonites or whatever. I'm like, dude, that's dirt. That's our dirt. You that's see the dirt. Well, no. I mean, it, it would be like crazy, like, after radiation has died off stuff. So maybe they it wouldn't look right. I mean, I but, think at a base level. Also, like, they jumped into the water. They had to get some water in their mouth. I'm like, mm, that's fucking refreshing. That's not bad, dude. <laughs> but he has the entire movie to figure it out. Yeah. Like, the dandelion is step one. Step two is there are human beings here that, what, evolved on a different planet exactly like human beings. The next step is there are apes here. I know they talk, but that's a gorilla. Yeah. It's a chimpanzee. It's not a huge <laughs> And they're riding horses. Horses are from Earth, man. And they're speaking English. Just, just speaking English. <laughs> He's like, how they're bizarre a coincidence. <laughs> what we've established is that Taylor is the worst astronaut to ever be committed to film. Like, worse than that fucking Martian guy. Like, they're all well, they, just They didn't even terrible. do the thing Doctor Who does, right? Which is, if you are a member of the TARDIS, if you're within the TARDIS's reach, it automatically translates everything for you. It's right. one of those, like, stupid sci-fi, like, workarounds. So when they're on a planet <laughs> yeah. of, like, slime creatures, it's like, oh, that's how they're all talking modern-day English. Right. This movie yeah. doesn't even do that. It's just, like, he doesn't give a fuck. And this was, like, this script was, like, doctored and played with by Rod Serling. And really, especially that beget opening thing and, like, the beware of the bomb message is, like, yeah. is uh, it, this is a long-form episode of The Twilight Zone. And well, no, he, like, uh, yeah. there's a, the original version of this. So he wrote... The first script that he wrote for this was like super expensive because he had like a futuristic society. Like basically he had like now society of apes instead of it being like what ended up being sort of like this primitive look for everything, which was mainly a cost cutting measure. But that twist ending was always in there somewhere. He had mm -hmm. always written that ending. And that was the that was the thing that kept people kept coming back to. And the reason they wanted to end up making it in the first place was because that ending was so I and mean, again it's rod serling that has to know. be one of the like top 10 greatest final moments of a movie oh yeah the score and soundtrack drop all the way out and it's just waves and crushing <sighs> truth dude it's great and like when you start to see the oh. metal come in you're like what is that a torch man when you see the spikes though yeah. you're like immediately oh my fucking god um because yeah it's funny because that's also an addition right like that was a brilliant addition because in the book he knocks nova up and there's like oh, this gosh. whole like he gets to like just walk around and be a part of society like he's the elephant man. And it's like he goes to like ape operas and shit. And he's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. They hint that he's probably like out there like slinging it. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, why wouldn't you? 
But then yes. at the end, he knocks Nova up. So they're taking their like special baby because Zeus and the orangutans, right? They're like the religious cult. They want to murder the yeah. baby so that we don't have more tailors. So they fucking run back to his ship and hightail it back to space looking for a way out, right? So right. that's not as yeah. fulfilling an ending as this fucking amazing statue That is of a decidedly six. That, when, did, when did this get written? 63? Uh, the book? Yeah, the know, book six, was 63. Like, that that's a decidedly 60. So. To escape from the Planet of the Apes and rise of the Planet of the or not rise, the one where uh, Caesar is like in 1991. That's the plot of that. We're like Zero and Cornelius back in time mm-hmm. are like taken to operas and what. I think they, okay. I see yeah. you guys. <laughs> so they kind of pulled that from that, sense. right? This like special child that would be smarter and be able to talk. The other men in that book, they start to try to mimic Taylor more so they can get more treats. Mm-hmm. So there's this hint that he is going to be the first wave of this human awakening. Right? Mm-hmm. But again, think- that's all fine and good, <laughs> okay. and that's fun for a science fiction novel. It's a pretty great novel. This is a movie, though. you got to have that ending. I think if that movie didn't have that last moment, no, this is the I think this begins movie. to like fade away. Right, it's so much more obscure. It probably doesn't have movies we're still making today. I mean, that is like one of the cinematic images of our lifetime. Do you think when they started, like when they st- when they were like, "All right, Charlton Heston's going to be Taylor," Rod Serling's like, "Cool, I'm going to rewrite the ending real quick so we can't um, knock God anyone God damn up. you! God damn you! <laughs> like, it's we want to make sure. Like, did you know Charlton Heston's a crazy person? All right, cool. Let me work on this real quick to make sure no one realizes until like '83 or something, and then we. No, can and they and all they did was just like pull him up to the. They didn't tell him what the end of the movie was. They just pulled him up to the thing. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, my god. <laughs> that's exactly. They told him it was real. He's god. like, oh my I'm god. home the whole time. <laughs> but you did it. You finally really did it. It's <laughs> That is oh, like a really like it's this like, movie it's particularly like a wish.com Orson Welles monologue. <laughs> there is this like really weird like that is like for this movie particularly like Charlton Heston's like this and the Omega Man is the way he talks is always like he's like always on the cusp of laughing at everyone. It's so weird. I think it's more he just he's yeah. very, he kind of reminds me of Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino probably like he's just looking around he's like god damn all of you <laughs> is that just Every, how we all feel about Charlton I think Charlton Heston now, is always looking down <laughs> I that's, think Charlton Heston was always the guy from Gran Torino no matter what we're yeah. just <laughs> I think Taylor is, like represents sort of a greatest generation dude who yeah. understands what the hippies are talking about but thinks it's all gonna disappear right. anyway like he, he gets he's it. also got his bank so he doesn't give a fuck right. that much taylor is he i mean taylor is right. the epitome of baby boomer like there's this it's because again i've never i realize i've only ever shown up after the jets crashed like because i agree like the very beginning i was like have i'm am i watching i'm like i remember like the grav couches and all that shit but i'm just there's something about this movie that, and these movies in general, that just is never not relevant. It's terrifyingly relevant. Like, it's a weird thing to say this movie in 1968 still just, like, totally holds water. Like, beyond just, oh, it's, like, a cinematic masterpiece. There's amazing special effects work. There's amazing makeup work. Like, it thematically is still just, like, you know, I have alternate facts to that. Like, it's terrifying. I I try to put myself in the mindset of 
people who genuinely like in 1963 was the um the novel was a cuban missile crisis this is 68 people are genuinely terrified it's always in the newspapers that the communists are gonna whatever they are genuinely terrified that we're gonna blow up the world and there are people fighting against war in general which is a new idea in america like all rising up and fighting against war and you've got this guy who like is an older guy who understands the baby boomers like like you know like he's he's even cool like yeah never trust anybody over 30 like a guy his age saying that is impactful to an audience and like i do i like and they they tell this guy who is out there watching the movie like yeah you're right fuck them all we're all warlike does man still make war against his brother yes he does and then at the very end no you do care yeah you pretended you didn't care you care hard yeah but then you hop back on your horse and go underground yeah, yeah. it's a bang <laughs> right it's a logical reaction well i can't do shit here i better go get it in. but no he has those lines at the start oh, right, right where oh, my, had a good <laughs> Uh, what was I, what was I saying? Yeah, he has those lines at the start, right? Where he's, um, I did this. He's like, I am optimistic, but in a different way, right? I want to find something better than us out in the stars. He pairs that with if we were to go back up, smoking a cigar in an oxygen rich well, environment. He's, just, he's yes, sucking like going nuts on this guy. He won't leave this dude alone. The guy's like, get off my back, Taylor. And he's like, let me tell you yeah. one more thing, you cunt. He just keeps going in on him, right? <laughs> And he's like, if you went back in time, first off, he's like, everyone you love is dust. I was like, Jesus Christ, bring it down a notch. You have to survive together. And then he he says, right, if you went back in time, you would be like something that fell out of a tree, right? It's kind of a funny play on the apes idea. But also it insinuates that he hopes that they could return home and there would be this utopian version of us that would look at him and his crew, right? The highest minds Mm. of their times, right? These astronauts. And just be like, look at those fucking monsters. What are those things? That's what we came from. So while he's talking shit, That's saying he awesome wants to look thought. out there, he does have hope that we were going to do better. And that Statue of Liberty just fucking splits that dream in half. You're right. Because he, like, yeah, that's the hope he has. And he even tells us that, like, he wants to skip all the bad parts. Yeah. Um, he thinks the world's about to crumble just the way everybody else does. Um, he even thinks we deserve it. But like, he wants to skip all the dark, the new dark ages, and he wants to go back to the second. He wants to go back when there's a second enlightenment. He even tells him like, you, you probably got a statue. Nobody can say that we forget our heroes. But and <laughs> I feel bad for the guy because like he's like, yeah, I do. It is kind of cool. I'm <laughs> like, well, that's why I did this, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> he's really fucking mean to that guy. He needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, no, he fucking... He obviously he never read him. Lord of the it's Flies, nice. and if you keep fucking pushing that kid, that's what's going to happen to you. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's, yeah, the, it's that dual... His hatred and hope for humanity mixed together. And then we see that play out perfectly once we get to the ape society, right? Where Zira, right. for probably not super altruistic reasons, right? Like, she probably doesn't actually love humans. She's just interested by them. Right. We see her believe that they're capable of more. Right. As she says, right, there's no physical deformity that would stop them from speaking. It's something in the brain. And then you see Zayas and all them that are just like, these fucking things are terrifying. Let's put them down and treat them like shit. 
So there's this kind of perfect right. dehumanization that really encapsulates what Taylor was pitching to us as his reason for coming on the trip. And I think especially at this time in America, anytime you dehumanize anything, right, whether it was Nazis or communists or other races, and you see how fucking juiced up people can get behind those things that history is not favorable to, I feel like this is that kind of setup that's always going to work for audiences, right? There will always be someone yeah. somewhere trying to tell you those people are bad and evil. Don't think of them as humans and just fucking fight and hate them. So this movie's always going to have a place in society, I feel like. Yeah. I, I, when he says, why are all apes created equal? Seems some apes are more equal than others. <laughs> He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's grabs his own chain. He's he's representing yes, Charlton Heston is representing the black man in America in the sixties. Yes. Which is weird. No, but... it's it's the boat that takes the white <laughs> audiences of the sixties and says, Hey man, that shit you see on the news, that's exactly like this. How does Real. it fucking feel? Not great. Because you are watching it and it's it's well, fucking the, the terror of the movie is just listening to like that fucking kangaroo oh, I guess it's an orangutan court, not a kangaroo court. But <laughs> listening to them fucking just go and cross-examine him, right? They are staring yeah. in the face of this creature that is re responding to their questions in their own English. The thing that is really fucking stunning is that they have an alphabet, right? Which we always forget that writing was an enormous fucking invention for our, our species, right? So he knows they have the right. same fucking alphabet as us. That should be another red flag. Yeah. That should be as you can't really mimic he this as well. And just listening to them, like, what's the second scroll saying? He's like, bitch, I'm not from here. I don't know the scrolls. So like, see, idiot. And you're like, it just gives you chills because you're it, there's so many parallels in our real world where you're like, man, yeah. these fucking systems of power, man, if you're not with them, it's pretty fucking easy to get steamrolled. Um, I yeah. love that shit in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, while I like I was saying while I was watching, I was like, there's no way he doesn't know. There's a there's a point. um From the trial up until the end, I actually start to think he does know, and he's not letting himself know. Um, like once he sees the lobotomy, I think Dr. it's pretty Sadis, obvious. Yeah. Once he sees, well, no, that he does know that this is Earth. Yeah, I think that's when he's starting oh. to get it right because he's like, "Why would they lobotomize this other guy?" It implies a nefarious well, ulterior yeah. motive. Even Dr. Zayas gets it. He, uh, Dr. Zayas doesn't believe that somebody can travel through space necessarily, but somehow he gets that this man is from the distant past somehow. Even Cornelius and doesn't he, believe I think it. Zayas gets it. I think Zayas gets it because he's looking at everything in this cave and he knows what they're called. Yeah. And Zayas is just staring at him like, okay, that's what that's for? And you know yeah. that? Zayas uh, is known. And... It, like he knows that people uh, that humans of the past did that were were like us um because of the sacred scrolls but it's like and he de he definitely knows and he's like don't go out there taylor you might not like what you right and like he knows <laughs> he knows and, but i think charlton heston knows at a certain yeah. point yeah i think uh, i think i think charlton heston knows I don't know if it's like, I think Charlton Heston knows once they start really traversing, like once they're like actually out into the forbidden zone and like fully doing that once 
I think once he hits the cave, like once he hits the cave, he knows something is amiss. I'm not sure he knows before then because again, I do think he's like the worst astronaut ever. He, he knows but, in the cave because he sees a pacemaker and all this stuff. Yeah, like he knows he, for yeah, sure. When you see a pacemaker, you're like something. I've seen this before. He's so like so, he knows in the cave. He is it's, so anti-war and anti what clearly like the Cold War and what's happening and the idea of the bomb from what he said in the beginning that the fact that he was like uh they were like well what happened to all these people and he's like could be a plague uh could be a bunch of meteors by the looks of this planet there's no way that if he was safely assured that this wasn't his home planet in the future that he wouldn't have said nuclear bomb maybe yeah he doesn't want to say that shit yeah. out loud no he because that's that. the thing you don't say out loud <laughs> same thing like you know now for us it's like you know you don't say I don't know, like the 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 analog for twenty twenty three is what COVID <laughs> or whatever. Like you don't say the thing you don't out say loud. Bomb that on you a don't plane, want it yeah. to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's exactly what it is. Like you, it's it's that willful ignorance of like something that you know is so catastrophic to your entire psyche. Because that's that's really what that ending is. Is like you know, you're screaming to the heavens and saying like, Oh, you blow it up. You idiot, you maniacs, this whole thing. And it's like, it's, you're, you're really just yelling at yourself because you're part of this industrial complex. Like you think about it too. This is a guy who's shockingly spent a lot of his life during, you know, in the science field. It doesn't seem that way from the film, but he spent a lot of time learning these things and seeing what the world is that for him to, come to grips with how the world worked out. I think that's the thing is like the failure of the mission, essentially. Well, we never know what the fuck the mission was for just to prove this theorem that they are traveling thousands of years in the future, but I where assume, are they going to check? I in always on that, assume, right? <laughs> I always assume movies like this, what they're doing is trying to find another. We world do know world. that they, like, brought, because we're in, they we're brought in that this time. lady Stewart who they were all going to just run trains on and repopulate sure. like one kid at a time she probably popped her own hatch honestly she's like yuck oh yeah they were all <laughs> oh yeah they were sure. all super bummed out about yeah. Stuart. yeah they were uh, real but sad not, not in tears weeping about their lost crewmate just like well, what oh, are we man. gonna do now let's get naked yeah. boys immediately. yeah <laughs> let's get naked boys because this is what's happening <laughs> here's that amazing <laughs> yeah, scene the right, where they first find the footprints the scientific they, notion where they on find the edge the of the lake and they're all swimming naked and the first two scientists just dip down, and you can see like Heston's like fucking fupa, and they're just like they oh, went no, down in front of him. I was like, "What a shot!" Taylor knows what these boys are about. That's why he changes up on the top of the rock. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's too classy to share his. You bits. know, th yeah. This is he, also how, like is he like sort of in shape and like like thirty seven. But also I think the thing. punches like an old man. How is he an old that man? That was a times man? thing. Like only really like starting in the 80s during major action movies were we about like this guy's got to be yoked to be any sort of action. <laughs> like star. Charles Bronson was like, like jacked for back then, right? And I think that was just like a push-up oh, yeah. and like doing manual labor body, right? It wasn't until like people yeah. started getting gym yeah. memberships. You're like, oh, I can deadlift like 700 pounds. Like John Wayne was the most in-shape action star of his time. <laughs> Fucking I could John, beat John Wayne. Wayne in a mile yes. in his prime right now at 37. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could run faster than Babe Ruth. 
Oh, for sure. Well, he's also got to eat five hot dogs between base paths. So that's that's this was just how it was back then. Like, imagine a time before you got shamed for like not going to the gym or doing yoga. Yeah, if you were like, if you were sinewy, that was like you were you were yoked. You were yeah, basically Schwarzenegger. Uh, looks like he was this. Uh, yeah, you're still a little bit in shape because you were in the navy. <laughs> Yeah, Gosh. you had been in the Navy and you you had smoked like four packs a day. So it was like that that's guy, the other thing. Know, People look so much older back then because their lifestyle. Like, just yeah. I think you're just like getting secondhand smoke, like from the crib. So, like, when you're graduating <laughs> high school, you look like us now. It's just like, good God. <laughs> yeah, like everyone looks much younger than now. Dude, that's a weird like, phenomenon, like, though. I think when like, you see older generations, you imagine them as old. Like when I see like 70s and 60s tits. Like it kind of grosses me out because I feel like they're grandma boobs, even if they're in their like, prime. I think Charlton Heston was. I think Charlton the Heston was like yeah, they had like the, <laughs> They look like elf shoes. Yeah, and it's it's they were in those cone bras. <laughs> That's all the right. Time. Yeah, the Madonnas. Yeah, the ones that are just. <laughs> Anyways, we're not here to talk yeah, about um, tits and dicks. We're here to talk about science. Yeah, gonna, but like Charlton Heston was forty-five. Yeah. Like he yeah. was, but this was his prime. Yeah. Like. This I was, think that's crazy thing. This was an interesting time when the cultural revolution was trying to happen. Not mm-hmm. cultural revolution. That's China. When the, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, you know what I mean? Same uh, difference. It was just I, like baby boomers. It was like young people are overtaking yeah. older people. And they were really pushing to make 45 be what a hero looks like. Like even the Superman comics at the time had Dude, Superman... Yeah. With like a uh, little salt and pepper, um, mm-hmm. like Dad knows best was was the action. Everybody hero. wanted to be the Cleavers. The Cleavers were the paradigm. It was mm-hmm. the nuclear family. It was how it was. Even even up through, and especially in the '60s, because the nuclear family was everyone had come back from the war. And this, the, like, I was actually we were, I was watching that. That was that um, Griffey. That was that Bernie Madoff mm-hmm. documentary we were talking about the other on another pod, which was like. People came back from the war and were promised, yeah, here's your white picket fence, here's your house, here are your two kids, and here's your wife. Like, that is the standard. That's what you should be always be doing. So, like, Ward Cleaver was going to always be that standard up until, I guess, like, the early 70s? Pretty much when Vietnam became, like, a serious talking point in our country. I feel like that's when the paradigm started to shift. Yeah, Battle for the but, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's why exactly. these movies are important. By the way, 1968 exactly. to 1972 is like the most important thing that happened to America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not you're not wrong. Well, it's why we're here. I mean, World War II is how they got there, but 1968 to 1972 is why right, we're yeah. here. Right? No, totally. Why the hard reaction yeah. to that happened in the 80s? Yeah, the 80s we kind of became a monster energy drink of a country. You know. What I mean? Yeah. Well, the we're 80s like, what was are our that worst time habits? where we, had, we just amped them up through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. We were prosperous. We had figured out how to make money by sitting on our asses. And that was like exactly <laughs> how it worked. That's why Wall, Wall Street is the paradigm movie of the era, because that was what people aspired to be. Like, what's interesting to me about Planet of the Apes is particularly this one. Like, again, all of them are interesting, I think. But the first one... Watching it now is fascinating because, and maybe it's just because we just did the State of the Union, but that 
that orangutan that orang- the orangutan court is they remind terrifying. you of joe biden is if that what you're cont- saying no it <laughs> just contextualizes. if i catch that one i love it that. just can it contextualizes this whole aspect of society we live in which is like well, I don't believe that. That's not what I. That's not what it said in a book. Well, why is that guy talking? What does it even matter? Like, it is heretical and, that you exist. Yep. Yeah, you're not supposed to exist, and so right. you're. This so is because my opinion is different than yours, you're proud. You represent heresy. You represent the alternate fact okay. that I have absolutely no interest in believing. But in. remember, though, that's the party line. They are yeah. the, the orangutans are the Illuminati. They know the truth. Yeah. Totally, they know the uh, truth. So what they're telling to these chimps, second tier of society, is what they've been taught in school. Um, and actually, okay, so before the trial happens, before uh, Zayas knows that Taylor is going to be in there with his thing, he was he was get, he says uh, Cornelius, uh, have a meeting with me. He was going to let him in on the Illuminati. He was going to be the first chimp to know about this. He was yep. going to say, I'm going to show you the 26th scroll. Okay? Keep that door closed. This is what's going on. Right. Stay out of the forbidden zone. Uh, you're going to go on your little excavation. You're going to be gone for two days. You're going to come back and you say you saw nothing. And maybe you and your wife get a nice house. Yeah. <laughs> that was what was going to happen. Yeah, well, there is this right. kind of scary element, too, where he calls him out on it, right? Is that the orangutan tans represent faith and science right so which is terrifying cannot truly exist together right he's like of course there's no contradiction you're like well we live in a world where we know that there fucking is for sure um yeah they have this like weird caste system right where orangutans are at the top the chimps even though they're probably the most effective of all the creatures right they're like the second layer and then the gorillas are just there to beat people up uh right they're like the outcasts That's another thing, man. It's just startling in this movie how many times gorillas just run up and start pummeling the shit out of humans. Right? Right. Like, it really is, like, jarring to watch. And then you're like, again, but this movie does a great job of just linking it back to shit that we would have seen on TV. Right? Like, when you started seeing those marches, right, hit TV waves and white people are like, ooh, God. (laughs) You're like, right? That's what this movie's kind of putting us on. So there's this interesting, right, like, they are at the top of the pyramid, and they just keep making people lower and lower on the pyramid, do all this horrible, dirty work so they can stay high-minded and above it. I don't know. I, I found right. that interesting. It is a true class struggle mm-hmm. movie because it's... Oh, totally. Um, hu- let's let's just put this in the... Human beings, he even admits it, like, scientifically. He even, like, um, when Zayas is reading the Secret 26 scroll, mm-hmm. he says, among among primates, they are whatever. He knows humans are also primates. He knows humans are also a kind of ape, but he separates them from from the rest. And what what it is is that hierarchy system of the the people in charge who actually know what's going on, the middle class who get to tinker but don't go too hard, (laughs) the lower class, the lower class, but the working class who is doing fine, who still gets to be told you're better than that. Yeah, create a boogeyman, yeah. So don't try to rise above your station because yeah. at least you can take out your day on this thing. Right. Because they are scum. Yeah. Fucking scary. It's, it's fucking scary. It's scary. That shit happens never all the fucking time, dude. We have yeah, we have Nazis it's never on the not relevant. Again, you know what I mean? Like, it's just somewhere yeah. in our like mind. It's always a fucking, thing. 
There's like a certain part of the human brain that just loves clicking into that. I don't know why, but that's what I mean. I think just because this is the thing. It seems like a pretty I, – I guess I always thought of this movie as kind of a gag, right? Where it's like, oh, the end, it's Earth. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Right? Oh, there's, you know, apes in charge of shit. Ah, ha, ha. I think watching it this time and reading the book, it's so much fucking scarier to me than I remember, right? Um, like, for instance, when he escapes, right? And that little fucking, you know, rat yells that he's there in the <laughs> church, right? When he runs around the corner yeah. in the museum, his friend is there stuffed in an exhibit. Yeah. Right? Terrifying. And he sees his friend Terrifying. who got fucking killed stuffed as an exhibit. Yeah. Possibly because all the humans we see are white except for him. So maybe he went in the museum because he looked different, right? And it's just, holy but we, shit. I was also thinking about that. I thought about that too. Like it's... It is like a bunch of white guys, and then uh, was that Dodge? Dodge is the one that uh, gets killed in the beginning. I'm gonna say that's fucking crazy because this is Manhattan, and the descendants of the people from Manhattan yeah. are not all white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they had to make. I I do feel like in this era of like we're talking about the when this movie was being filmed, the civil rights bill won't come out for another couple right. months. Right. Um. So it's, if you put, and you know, like there was no Fox News, but there was kind of Fox News. Like there were Fox people News was talking. society back then. That was the mainstream of society. Yeah, Fox News was just, yeah, the society I mean, like south of, south of the Mason-Dixie line. There were those people and they, they, best they could do was put out newsletters or whatever, but, and they right. would make speeches. There were those people who would come back at a movie like this being like, look, they watched, they, they had the, uh, a black man being brutalized. They hate the police. They, right. uh, they hate law and order, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so giving a white audience where white people are that lowest class, where the working class gorillas get to beat the shit out of them. Also allowing, making it so that the gorillas, the darkest skin of the apes are the lowest caste. Yeah, I think you just want to see white people getting clubbed. I don't. I think it kind of dilutes it if it's you know, oh here's some more black people getting clubbed again, <laughs> right? I think I think the point yeah, of well, it is to shine a light audience, on white people and this say, is this is what you are just fucking not saying, right? You're like you're okay because you're in your right. suburb. You don't have to join the fight. This is what's fucking happening, right? And if this can happen to one group, it could happen to you someday, right? Like I think we see yeah, that what? a lot with this police shit and the you know murders and they're they're using too much force and they're all militarized and shit i think right. it's again it's one of those things that like white people see and they're like you know my life is pretty much okay how is this happening that's crazy but you have to if you are the bottom of the pole right or if the authorities and systems say that you are they just fucking take whatever leeways they want right and especially in a world like this where there's no media apparatus for outcry and this and that how the fuck do you affect change? And so I think it's one of those things that, you know, if you were in the suburbs, right, and you weren't redlined out of getting your fucking house and white picket fence and this and that, it's hard to imagine that those kind of things could happen to you, right? We had just won the Great War, and we're the best country on earth, and we have all this fucking prosperity, but this is happening right here, right? And so I think you have to hammer at home that you could be in that cage, personally. Well, and, you know... This is this is the funniest thing for me is that it's like people just keep forgetting like 
MLK worked for nonviolent resistance, not because he was Jesus Christ, but because there were cameras on them. And he wanted people in the North. He wanted white people in the North to see if a black dude is just standing there, the cops will beat the fuck out of them. And 1967, 66, um, white people in, in the cities were like oh my goodness do you see how people are the police are treating black people and then there was a little civil rights bill and then we go to 1993 and there's uh rodney king and white people at the news and going oh my goodness did you know that police are beating up black people let's cut to fucking 2020 Oh my goodness, did you know that police are being up like, come the fuck right. on. Well, you can say <laughs> it all the time, but when you see those guys beating the dog shit out of Rodney King, multiple grown men, it's like, you can say that all you want. Like, oh, there was an unruly driver and the cops had an altercation with him. When you fucking physically watch that, you can't help but feel more, empathize more with what's happening, right? Sadly, it'd be nice if we could all just fucking do better because we heard there were not good things happening but it's the same like in the nfl right like when you see a running back knock his wife out unconscious everyone wants more punishment than like oh he had a little like what was his name greg hardy this nfl player who went on to be a ufc fighter they signed him after he beat the shit out of his girlfriend threw her on a bed that was loaded with like ak-47s and shit like a fucking wild scene from scarface and he got suspended and i think eventually the team dropped him he just went on and made like a couple million in the UFC. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, bread and circuses, yeah. baby. Because bread we didn't have video. <laughs> if your job is to distract people from what's going on, they will give you millions of dollars and they will take care of you. That's right. Oh, let's do better at distracting people. Right. With this podcast. <laughs> we are not part of the system. <laughs> but, it, but see, like, this is the thing, though, is that is what Planet of the Apes does. Like, the fascinating. Thanks for bringing it and, like, <laughs> We were dangerously close to talking about things of substance, which is not what we do. We can't take it. We can't take it away because it is like what Planet of the Apes does. It's a story like Rod Serling never wrote non, never wrote fiction that didn't critique the society that he saw. Like this is exactly what Rod Serling would have. Like I can't, if Rod Serling was alive today, he would have a fucking podcast and he'd be <laughs> talking about all the story. Like he would be like recounting the stories of things he saw like that's exactly what the twilight zone was that's any movie he made yeah. like he wrote all these like political thrillers um some of them that got like turned into other movies and shit like that but this is probably one of his crowning achievements is writing a movie that was so effortlessly entertaining for people and also was such a shocking such a shock to your system if you look at it from a sociological perspective yeah. and because society hasn't changed, it's still shockingly relevant and terrifying that we all just sit here and don't want to discuss the like elephant in the room, which is that like we don't want to listen to each other, we don't want to have those kinds of conversations, we don't want to be receptive to other people's ideas because it dismantles the status quo and takes away power from another group. It's a really think, fascinating yeah. thing because again, at the end of it, it's a fucking entertaining movie, and I love playing the, the separating. Apes. That's why this one is so much better than every ape movie to come after it. I think is because it is wildly entertaining. We don't even see the apes until like thirty-five minutes in. Oh yeah, but, no, it's it's yeah, it's a it's lead. Wildly entertaining. It feels like you're in a fun ride, but still just fucking packs this 
devastating punch, right? Like, we're sitting here talking about this, what, like, yeah. 50, 60 years later. It's still fucking devastating to watch, right? And that's, like, when you see, like, the Marky Mark one, they amp up the action a lot more than digging into, you know, the core of what is scary about this science fiction premise. And it's a little different right. in the new trilogy when you see modern-day San Francisco, and you're like, all right, animal testing, la, la, la. This one, well, not feeling like it's... It, it is on the nose a lot, but not in an annoying way. It doesn't feel like it's like, see how bad society is? We're doing that. It's just, it's very... No, it's just it's a conversation. Effortless. It's a... Yeah. That's genuinely what I love about 1960s sci-fi. Like, like Phil K. Dick, Heinlein, any of those books from back then is people just weren't afraid to be on the nose. The, the, the um, Twilight Zone. People were not afraid to be on the nose. Yeah. And actually... Jordan Peele is bringing that shit back because yeah, yeah. I love what he does. He is he's like, okay, this is the allegory. <laughs> yeah. You know, like en not afraid. Enjoy this awesome movie I, I made. I'm making a statement. Fuck you. Yeah. Look how entertained you can be by a statement. Right. Um, I mean, and I, that's why he rebooted the Twilight uh, Zone because he absolutely uh, knows. He, the he the didn't write any of that in that show. That show, that uh, show is very bad. But that's an but that's like the Twilight Zone lands on a planet. It's like, what have we become? <laughs> but he's this is the important thing the like but this is to me yeah it wasn't great black it was not like not my favorite well, black mirror is obviously a much better yeah. successor but attempting to do those kinds of subvert like knowing the twilight zone brand is an important thing and like attempting that's why jordan peele is good it is good at this kind of thing because knowing what that subversion is supposed to be is i think the more the more the important message like it's an important to tell those stories, just like Planet of the Apes. It's important to tell this kind of story because it's always relevant. People are always going to rally against something that they don't want to have to believe because that's what belief is. Yeah. Belief is, you know, belief is a terrifying thing. It's all it's awesomely powerful and also horrifyingly destructive. Well, that's I, I always think the best science fiction has like a horror undertone, right? It's it's this fear of a chaotic, totally. unpredictable future, right? So there has to be something yeah. that scares you when you watch a really good science fiction movie. What this one does, again, this was, you know, as Jake has said, right? It's like the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Civil Rights Era. There's a lot of change in American culture, but I think this one just captures, it kind of zooms out a little bit. So what you're afraid of is a lot bigger and amorphous than there are bombs close to our country, right? But that's in there, right? There's all these societal revolutions and class stuff and, you know, economics, whatever. So I, I just feel like they, they pulled it back and just captured more than these kind of specific strifes. Just this fucking constant struggle of how we interact with other people in our own species, right? It is fucking hard to do anything with another group of people and trust them and not dehumanize them. And I think that's what makes it one of the great sci-fi films is that it, it just it's very omnipresent whenever you watch it. Yeah. I am going to put my conspiracy hat on today. Oh, hell yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know. That's what we I do here. This, I don't know if this part was recorded, but I was talking earlier about like what I love about this is that I've seen all the Planet of the Apes movies. I started watching Planet of the Apes in 2001 when the Mark to Mark one came out. They did a marathon of these on the Sci-Fi channel, and I was hooked. I was like 12 or something. And I got all the VHSs, and I got a Cornelius doll, which I wish I still had. Um, I had still the package and everything. But there are 
five of these movies? Yeah, five there in were the five original. of these original movies. Yeah. People act like Star Wars was the first thing to do any of this. It wasn't. There were five of them. They came out year after year. There were lunchboxes. This shit was important to people. But because it talks about class struggle, the movie about fighting an enemy is the one that, that came in. Like, yeah, we all hate Nazis. Let's talk about killing yeah. the Nazis. So Star Wars became the movie that the military movie industrial complex told us that we should yeah. keep watching and keep watching and keep watching. Star Trek was all nerds. Uh, That's not very American. Very. <laughs> Star Trek's like, ooh, let's, let's talk to people with calculators. Theory. Gross. Fuck Star Trek. And then, yeah, Star Wars was this owned- good guy, bad guy. Very easy to get. Disney owns Planet of the Apes now. And so I don't want a fourth sequel to the Andy Circus one because they're... The fourth sequel will inevitably have to be a remake of this. Yeah. And what they do with it, I'm scared to figure out, to find out how well, they just... Yeah, because the original <laughs> I franchise, think what's right, sad we is had like Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Conquest, which is my favorite of the sequels, and then Battle for the Planet of the Apes. So the new trilogy is not that that is set before this first one. Yes, but Rise of the Planet of the Apes is a remake of Conquest of the Planet right. of the Apes. Right, exactly, because this is happening essentially now-ish right like maybe like 20 30 years in the future is when we see woody harrelson this movie Mm -hmm. is taking place thousands of years in the future so we're not gonna have that and that that one's also because that would be more of a the apes take over our human infrastructure and are living in our buildings and and that we'll talk about it more when we get to the first Andy circus movie, but in that first movie, Fucking love they, that guy. there's like, they keep on the background on the TV. It's like first mission to Mars starting today. And then there's a newspaper that says mission to Mars lost. Mm-hmm. That's setting up that fourth movie. You can totally yeah. set up that fourth movie. These people get lost in a time warp mm-hmm. or whatever, completely different kind of movie than the, the trilogy, but whatever each, each right. one of those movies was directed by somebody else. And you just get to redo it. Yeah. Um, and I would love that, but because it's because of the corporate monolith that is Disney and the world that we live in, where the like military industrial complex is getting closer and closer to home, <laughs> and they're more and more just telling us what they yeah. do, and like just deal with it. <laughs> I, I right. wonder if they'll do this same class struggle thing and then the moral at the end will be like, well, maybe just like understand your place and help society. <laughs> <laughs> it, there oh my is God. A, but this is like a great thing that the 70s and 60s had. That's like a Disney. Yeah. Yes. You can't, you can't Quiet. Quiet, you. sand the edges off of Planet of the Apes and remake this movie. You have to be screaming yeah. in people's faces. What I feel the fuck like you're talking about from my now. I feel like back just, then they did we'll it get, in a more subtle and great way. I think now you have to fucking Andy circus movie is yeah. so good. Sorry, the reason the first Andy Circus movie is so good is we are right after the 99% movement. Right. That's so they're doing class struggle. That's mm-hmm. what that movie is about. So good. Yeah, I love the new one, but yeah, I think. If you remake this, you have to come with a fucking righteous fire, right? You can't make mm-hmm. just like a, we're going to do a Gus Van Zant remake of this or the Disney, <laughs> like, look, we can be friends with the animal. Like you got to fucking, 
You got to come out with a howitzer and have something to fucking say if you're going to ever touch this. It's a very important thing to make these movies about. I think, I think class, I mean, look, there's always going to be the racial overtones of the Planet of the Apes story. It's a very important thing, though, to make these about class warfare. That's and exactly again, when we what get there. That's what Marky Mark is. did. Marky Mark's like, what if this was kind of a kooky action movie? And you're like, yeah. What if this was a it, fucking action movie, guys? And honestly, I don't mind that one. I have a very personal story attached to that. I didn't mind the movie when I watched it, but I was also a fucking teenager. Right? When you watch right. it now, you're like, there. that is hollow at the very core of that film. It's, but it's I, so I think that just empty. That it's hard to like compare it with. I the would rest imagine. Looks like about the makeup designs. Yeah. I, mean, I would imagine to me. Sure. Oh yeah. I will say I think probably Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes more than likely will actually be a prequel to what this. They was, are doing a fourth Apes movie. Guess. Oh, it's already in production. Oh fuck me! It's called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. It's called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and I have a feeling it is the prequel, probably to okay, because the they want to make nineteen sixty Got it. I think they're probably making the stories that happened before. Honestly, Taylor as a franchise, okay, Planet uh, of the Apes is pretty fucking strong on average. I think maybe Battle Four and Marky Mark are a little beneath, but most of them are pretty fucking awesome. But Battle Four is fine because it's like forty-five minutes. Yeah. Long. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> we just gotta get this out of the way, guys. <laughs> All right, let's just get this one down. Yeah, Let's, we don't we need do, this page. We the kind script. of brush we'll past it, but I would like to hone in on this, Jake, because I think it is one of the probably the the biggest reasons this movie became as successful as it did. We do need to just really fucking gush about the makeup effects and how they designed. Unbelievable. The, and the the people they hired, like um, oh, what is his name? He 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 played Cornelius. What is his name? His name is Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell. I I saw Fright Night for the first time this year. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why do I know that? Yeah, right? His eyes. There's something <laughs> in his eyes. And, yeah. like, the eye acting on Roddy McDowell through the makeup yeah. is so good. They get and a lot of emotion. So, like I said, I, I, like, I started getting in falling in love with these movies because I saw the behind the scenes documentary on the sci-fi channel first. Right. And the way that they, they like train them to speak in these things. And I like, think that's, what's cool. Zero could do these wonderful things with her mouth, like to make yeah. it look like she's going. Rah. Yeah. Uh, Hell and, yeah. I think that's, what's interesting is like John chambers built these because it's, it's multiple pieces. And actually like, you can see like, the makeup process process was really interesting, but what I like the most is John Chambers because you're right. Like it's all about the eye; it's all eye acting. Because yeah, those mouths can articulate only so much. You smash and I think together when you kiss. Right. Well, it's like that. Um, it's like that. Thing, like you know, like the thing people complain about when they watch anime, which is like, oh, everyone just talks with their mouths wide open. It's like, but that's like not the no one point. makes You're fun not of anime staring at their mouths Alex. when they're talking. That's just. <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> Why do you have to do that? Anyways, like so. Put him in like, the cage. But I'm a dead <laughs> That's what I think is really. That's what I think is really fascinating. Is John Chambers knew that it was going to have to work with all the eyes. And that's what became so beautiful about the makeup is like 
you completely lost track because you just assume, oh yeah, they're talking. Yeah. Of course, that's something. Even like Cornelius and Zero, it's the amazing. way they they naturally fit in different styles of hair. With the, I mean, it's, yeah. Like I saw those two side by side at the that's trial, impressive. and I was like, that's just fucking yeah. dome spray, right? Like like our grandmas used to have, right? That whole fucking can of Aquanet or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it was right? just. I was like, what a fucking great touch, right? To differentiate with swoops of hair, right? Like, even all the orangutans, right? They got that. They essentially look like Trump and the kids. But they had these little features that just go a long way. Um, I, I, I think the makeup is, because that's the thing. If you did it, if the suits were worse, it wouldn't have worked, right? Like, the zipper suits of, like, 50 sci-fi. And there wasn't really a, a yeah. step beyond this, right? Like, this couldn't have been a claymation. This couldn't have been... There's no effects, like, CG at that point. So the whole movie kind of lives and breathes on how much you can make us believe that these apes had evolved to become us in this new world. And to your point, right? The, the fucking on, eyes and I, everything. There's I, so much humanity that we latch onto that it becomes totally believable. Everything about it the visuals of it whoever did the set design the costumes are great i mean they're all that's that's a cheap way to do it too you know they all sort of wear like their cast's uniform yeah which but those those uniforms are so cool and it works for the society right like it actually reinforces the idea even if it was just yeah, a cost it reinforces saving. the idea that that's what you wear when you that's what you wear when you are that part of society. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and the even the little kids for the most part, unless they're like the head gorilla leading a team. You know, you know what's interesting too that I noticed this time is um, all the gorillas wear jackboots, and none of the other casts have to. They all are able to wear shoes that actually fit their. Yeah, feet. they have like the fucking things yeah. that runners got in the early two thousands. The toe shoes. Yeah. yeah. I, want those I think shoes. I still they have, have those, a pair. Like, webby shoes. My wife got called? them on the hope you that would. it would make me run, and I put them on once, and I'm like, I can't leave the house in these. <laughs> those, those I, I wore Crocs in public, <laughs> but I never wore the toe shoes. No, I wore them to run you we once. Hear. I did wear them out. <laughs> I did. I do want those because, like, sometimes I get that thing where I want to separate my toes. Oh you yeah, I get that. I hate like, wearing socks. I'm almost are... always barefoot. I can't stand it. I'm with but, you. Yeah. Um, more but, okay, with the with the uh, <laughs> would be a jack booted thugs that are the the gorilla casts because they're told that all they are is uh, is just is warriors and we get to uh, overhear a funeral and a a an orangutan of the priestly class is not saying that he was a good father and a good yeah. husband he's saying he was he was a strong he was the warrior. fist of society yeah. And defender of the faith and blah blah blah. I don't even know. I don't even know who he was a warrior against because these motherfuckers claim they don't fight the way that we did. They um, have like political infighting, right? About like which science programs go. But yeah, they they don't have. That's the differentiator, right? As they say late in the film, right? Uh, Zayas, he's like, "You kill for greed and lust and you know sport right. and this and that." And I was like, "Yeah, you got us." But that implies that they don't. So the the gorillas are yeah. only there to beat the shit out of these well, human pests. Like, I guess that's political that, dissidents. Yeah, right. That's well, true. that's that great thing is you're just well. There has to be an eight jail, thing, right? Because like, they're going to get two politicians. Years. 
Well, that's that thing about politicians yeah. is like they never are willing to see you. you it's the self reflection. You can't self reflect like that when you are in charge. Self reflecting leads to dis- self reflecting leads to everyone realizing you're full of shit. That's the whole point. Yeah. It, I I don't know, man. It's it's the perfect mix of it. It's such it's, a perfect premise. It has so much commentary, but it's not bogged down by by it. It still is this fun. Like even just Taylor running through the streets and them catching him in a net and the gorillas jumping down. It gets this kind yeah. of authentic, this is a world that I can believe exists somewhere. And again, just him at the yeah. end just screaming at this fucking headstone for humanity, right? And the Statue of Liberty. It's just it's like Ebenezer Scrooge seeing his own tombstone, right? It's just it's it's one of the great movie images I've ever seen. I just I, I really do yeah. just love everything about this movie. Especially yeah. the score. Can, we haven't talked about Jerry Goldsmith, but he does like score the shit yeah. out of this thing. Oh my god, those bongos and the holy shit! And it it's just tension. That's it. Hey, wait! This is a whole. This is just like the Twilight Zone in that the whole first part of the movie is something else. And like people, you know, I don't think you saw movie trailers unless you went to another movie. Yeah, as, as a kid, it was only VHS. You came yeah. in for the first as a kid, time. It was always in the movies. Say Planet of the Apes, but you don't know what that necessarily yeah. means. Um, so you're just watching some sci-fi thing. You haven't yeah. seen a sci-fi movie since Flash Gordon, and this looks fucking great. Yeah, you've never seen anything like this yeah. before. I mean, Star Wars is almost ten years away, um, and and you'd be blown away by the by the like effect of my favorite shot is the ship going into the ocean yeah. i don't know how they did it i can't figure it out uh it's <laughs> so good yeah there's honestly i think I the think... coolest scene i don't know if you guys agree it's the the first time when they see the other humans are like, well they're not jumping us yet great when you start hearing the howl right and you see everyone running and that shot when he comes through the corn and you see that first gorilla yeah. on the horse it's just one of those what the fuck is that? <laughs> like to your point well, if you were watching yeah, that on so TV well and you didn't it's just know like this this was a movie called planet of the apes you were just like wow they're on this weird right. empty planet and you saw that that would hit you like a fucking well hammer. it's just this random like it's not a special shot either like it's literally a camera follows up to the horse and then it like it's the like seventies quick yeah. zoom in. And it focuses like, on the oh, eyes. Shit. On the eyes. It focuses on those eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, even the shot, like, right, when his friend gets shot and taken down, right? And then he comes running around right around the corner and trips on his body. The choreography of it, I just I love mm-hmm. that fucking scene, man. They're falling off that hill into the, I- the shallow river. Actually, one of my favorite moments in the movie, and this is probably like the least interesting part but the first time you ever hear one of the apes speak smile and you're just like oh my god it's talking like it's, it's, it says like oh, me dude, it sounds like they're me taking that, i can say smile that fucking night of the living dead picture by all the humans they're all strung up yeah as the yeah, one yeah. is carrying a like a small child on his sh- but that's what i mean yeah. that shit is amazing Unbelievable. that again is a recognizable fucking horror story from our own time Woo. Yeah. yeah i love that i love and that i shit. do i do love I do love that part where it's just like, look at all these people. Just, I think they're mute. Um, we'll be in charge of them in no time. Look at them eating alien corn. And awesome. Like, yeah. just, uh, I, his first thought is that he's yeah, going to I'm going to conquer this whole place. 
<laughs> I hate the way That's our Earth a, went, yeah. but I'm going to replicate that right now. I'm going to pretty much do the same thing here. <laughs> God damn. Which, oh, I'm going to fuck that one. And then it's like, oh, she's in a cage next yeah. to me. All right, <laughs> perfect. She's in, yeah. Oh I'll my God, Nova's Nova. on that clean diet. I am in. <laughs> Looking <laughs> But no, I just I I think it's um, odd. How about the scene? They replicate it really well in the new trilogy. But when he's caught in that net, he's like, "Take your hands off me, you damn dirty apes!" My kids were dying laughing, and they just kept screaming, "Damn dirty apes!" for the rest of the night. <laughs> but, of course, get your stinking balls <laughs> off me, damn dirty ape! <laughs> oh my god, what a moment, dude! So that was a cool. Awesome. I forgot that One they of the shot greats. him in the neck, so he couldn't speak. Yeah. I had forgotten that existed in the movie. I thought that was a really nice touch. I was thinking was he was cool. way too impatient when uh, he he s tried to snatch the paper. He could have just mimed like right. Yeah, you could have just said, "Can I?" Yeah, Until like come I on, realized, man. I watched it like I've always thought that, but I just watched it today, like right before this. He's smoking a cigarette in the beginning. This man has not had a smoke in oh, days. Yeah, he's, oh, he's just shit. Like, oh, so he's got that. Give me that fucking paper. Detox. I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing he writes is. Yeah, I never got thought it. of that. Oh, my God. He just writes on the paper, can I bum one? Right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I think that would have been fun. I don't, I don't buy that the gorilla is just sitting in a little cage smoking his. Uh, he was smoking a cigar. I think. Taylor is just like, hey, hey, my man, come on, hey, hey, and I come think, on. I think you know, like this is a boring job. This human can talk. Let me talk. Yeah. To the oh human. my god, yes. that's wild. Smoke here, dude. That was like a '90s era <laughs> like child adventure, right? Like Free Willy or whatever, like bonding with an animal <laughs> that brings you closer to your true nature. Yeah, you would have loved having the smoking human that talked in your your crib, but yeah, and he would. He would believe yeah. it, you know. He's he's one of the uneducated class, so he doesn't have any of the like preconceived notions. Just like from space, we're space. Yeah, that's true. Did weed survive with the apes? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and they were just chilling, doing scientific and religious theories. Maybe. Oh, and he could have started an uprising of the gorillas. Okay, yeah, that's the if that's not the new. So one. that is kind of the thing that. <laughs> Because they diff the new one has more variety of creatures, right? But in the book, it's very much about who these things are. And it's like, yeah, the gorillas could have risen up. This is actually a scene they changed in the movie that I kind of hate. But when he sees his friend as the other human, they're like, talk to him to prove your story. In the other book, it's like, I think he got just really fucking beaten up. He was kind of older guy. He got beat up and maybe sexually assaulted. I can't remember how bad it got for him. But when he talks to him, he's just mentally broken. The apes don't mess with him at all. He's just, his fucking world is shattered at seeing the apes and then suffering this trauma. And I thought that was a really nice touch in the book because it also gets to this, I don't want to yeah. fucking rock the boat and make things worse for myself attitude that I think so many of us have. And I thought that right. just his mind collapsing under the weight of this information, it was also kind of a good juxtaposition with Taylor. Right, that this guy's so fucking right. brazenly arrogant. <laughs> He's like, I can take on this whole society. Um, but yeah. Well, he just went on a death mission. Yeah. And he thought it was going to be cool. He wanted to be on a rocky planet with nothing. Yeah. He he wanted there to be no food. He would have laughed his big giant teeth. That, that fucking gift. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, smoking his cigar and just being like, you don't get it, do you? It don't matter because out there somewhere. <laughs> is earth and they're doing just fine without yeah. us 
uh, oh shit, yeah. It's just going back to that moment of him looking at the. That's what he. That's what he was feeling that whole time. It's just like, I'm on a weird planet with apes, but somewhere there's an Earth that figured it out. Yeah. Bless it. Little did he know. That, yeah, that Griffey, that point you made, just keeps hitting me in a way that it never did yeah, before. Man. Well, fuck yeah, dude. So <clears throat> I am excited to keep talking about these. Sequ- it's been a long time since I've done all of the apes. Damn dirty I'm really April. excited to watch. Yeah, all these. it's gonna be an awesome one, man. I'm very excited for that. Uh, before we dive back in, if you had to pick top three Planet of the Ape movies, what would you pick before we refresh? Okay, um, Planet of the Apes, 1968. Uh, the what's the s- second Andy Circus one? I believe Rise that is Rise? Or, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's Dawn. Dawn, 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 of, the Dawn of, the of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes has a full beginning 15 minutes with no dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's and pretty it beautiful. beautiful. And it's directed by the same dude who uh, made the American oh, version yeah. of Let the Right. That's where oh, the good. deranged chimp like, then, has the gun. That scene is fucking rad, yeah. Okay. And then the, the third one is where uh, Cesar Romero... Um, uh, save Caesar, uh, and he like the uh, THX like prison camp of the of the chips. And yeah, he, he, he that's war. That's, that's four. What's that called? That's war uh, for no, the yeah, planet. So the, the original no, is, is con- conquest. Are you talking about? Are you talking about conquest? Conquest You're talking about Conquest, planet. right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So those are my three. That's pro- Mine would probably go, yeah, the first one, Conquest, and then the first Andy Circus one, probably. But it's been a while. All right, we got it. I saw the second Andy Circus one in theaters by myself, which is the first time I ever went to the movies by myself. Nice. Not like that. That first movie is amazing, but I just love how brazenly different of a movie that yeah. second one is than the first yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think I'd, I'd, mine are probably obviously Planet, and then I do love Beneath. It is just a real time capsule of holy shit, we've pulled this off. And then, uh, and then I honestly, War, War for the Planet of the Apes is awesome. I think it's that's part three of the new trilogy. That's the part three of the new trilogy. I think it's unbelievable. I thought you were talking about Battle. I was like, oh, okay, we'll talk about that. No, no, not Battle. Beneath, though, is... (laughs) Beneath is, like, one of those really, like, great... Again, it's just an awesome time capsule of, like, 1970, like, height of nuclear hysteria. I fucking love it. Well, Beneath is next, and I am really excited. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, You guys gonna make the the Marky Mark one, like, a Patreon unlock? (laughs) We can figure out how we will be taking advantage of the Apes franchise, but... Yeah. The theory was, oh, that's true. We're doing nine movies, so it might be hard to also do the three extras. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but you guys will have to find out. So stay tuned. Every Tuesday and Thursday this month, you will be getting a Planet of the Apes movie in some form. We are covering the entire franchise, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, in case anything goes extra, patreon.com slash pod is the place to find all that stuff to help support the show. We appreciate it greatly. Jay, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you online and about your cool work? Uh, at Jay Rollins Art everywhere. And that's J-A-Y 
not the letter J. J A Y R O L L I N S. Art, um, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, check if you're in Philly. Come to Tattooed Moms on the 27th and um, buy some of my books. Hell yeah. And some artwork. Yay! <laughs> Got a Fear and Loathing in Mos Eisley. Oh my God. Oh shit. I might shit. have to get on the store Dude, and buy have. one of those. Yeah. God damn. Have yeah. You ever seen Anyway, I'll show up to you after. Say goodbye to the All right, so yeah, we're out of here. We'll see you for more apes later. Bye.